Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Well, look at that. It's a Tuesday already. John Grayson here with you. Uh, Jamie Monticelli continues her trip around the globe or whatever it is she's doing. I just always assume that she's off to somewhere exotic whenever she goes. So, uh, yeah, you and me and Colin, of course, for the next couple of weeks. And it's Giving Tuesday. We're going to be talking a lot more about this over the course of the show today. But I just want to remind you that if Giving Tuesday is a thing in which you are involved, please make Coats for Kids a part of that. And as we said, I mean, donations can be made very easily, very securely uh, right there at KMBZ.com. This is the last week of Coats for Kids 2023, and the weather has not been kind to us. I mean, we've noticed over the years, unfortunately, that as the temperature rises, the donations fall because, well, it's hard to keep, you know, keeping kids warm top of mind when it's 70 degrees outside. Well, now it isn't anymore. It's cold. Now you know what it feels like and you know what it's going to be like for the remainder of the winter or at least a good portion of it. So if you can make Coats for Kids a part of your Giving Tuesday efforts, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again to Pinnacle Bank for being our our partner in this. And they're going to be here with us, as a matter of fact, on this very show later on in the week. I believe they're going to be here Friday morning with a special gift Four coats for kids for uh, this year. So if you can be a part of that, like we said, I mean, give whatever you can. The coats run 20 to $25 a piece. And if you can do that, put a coat on one kid in the Kansas City area, all the donations stay here in town, then by all means, do that. If you can't, if, if you're limited to, you know, five bucks, hey, great. We'll put it with other people who are also limited to $5 and make sure that those coats end up on the kids who need them. So please be a part of that. Just go to KMBZ.com. Uh, you can also text uh, coats, KMBZ coats to 44321 to make an automatic donation. Very much appreciate it. Uh, that said, a bunch going on in the world today and a ton for you and me to cover, starting with a few things here in town. There is something in this, and I'm not sure exactly what it is, uh, but if you've got some comment to make about this, like everything else we do here on the show, 913-586-7798. Justin Ross, the Chiefs receiver, I believe he's, uh, well, he's not on the depth chart at the moment because he's been suspended by the league, but uh, I believe when he was listed, he was fifth or sixth on the depth chart. So we're not talking about a star receiver, but a young man who is, you know, in the NFL, which it, it always seems a little crazy to me to talk about that. It's like, okay, you, we have these guys where th- these jobs are a one in a million shot, if not worse than that. And somebody who barely makes it into the NFL, we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It's like, wait a minute. Do you realize what that guy had to do to get to where he is? 
And the story with Justin Ross, if you've been following this for the last month or two, was that he was arrested and it was, you remember that weird morning? I mean, we spent here kind of following the charges as they were initially rolled out and then rolled back and then rolled up again. And then, I mean, there was all this consternation. What happened was he got into some kind of an argument with his girlfriend because he saw something on her phone that he didn't like and that very much upset him. It probably gave him the idea that she was cheating on him. And who knows? Maybe she was. Maybe she wasn't. It doesn't matter. But he got extremely angry about this. And during a uh, during the argument that they were having, he broke a bunch of stuff. He was angry enough that he grabbed a computer and smashed it and did some other things. I mean, it's one of those things like being caught at your worst moment. And uh, there was also, I, I think, a keying of her car. And initially, the damage, they when they first came out, they said it was damage over $25,000. And we all went, whoa, that's a lot. And then almost immediately, within a couple of hours, they were they amended that and said, no, it was uh, damage of, of between one and $25,000. And then a little while later, it was, no, oh, it was damage under $1,000. It kept going down. And then a few days later, it went back up to the one to 25 range. And we were trying to figure out what all of that was about. Well, the upshot of all of this is that the computer was his. It's not against the law to break your own stuff. Okay. You can do, I wouldn't advise it, but hey, you know, if, if you really feel like you need to smash your own computer, there is nothing illegal about that. You only run into trouble when you break somebody else's stuff. So he did some of that. Apparently, the keying of the car, I think, was in there and, and a few other things. But uh, it, it wasn't enough to rise to the level of a felony. So uh, after all this time went on and the investigation went on into what happened, what actually happened that day and what was broken, what belonged to him and what didn't. Now we find out that the charges against Justin Ross have been dropped completely. He's not facing anything except, and this is not rare, by the way, pretrial diversion where they, they put you through a program, like an anger management program or something like that. And, I mean, we can debate the efficacy of those things. <laughs> I, I tend to put uh, anger management programs and what, what's the other Oh, sensitivity training. I, I tend to put those in the same group with rehab in that they don't tend to work, at least not any better than not going through those. You know what I mean? It's like if you... If you lost it and you had a really bad day and you broke a bunch of stuff and smashed your computer on the floor or did whatever he was accused of doing, and and that was all it was, and you say, okay, all right, uh, yeah, I've got to better control myself. That's fine. And you just you take that to heart and do your best to kind of one, two, three, you know, count to ten before you lose it. That tends to work as well or not as well as anger management does. So, okay, whatever. But they're going to put him through some kind of diversion program, and then that's it. The charges are gone. The question still remains, though, what happens to him in terms of his future in the NFL and his future with the Kansas City Chiefs? Because it's almost like the old saw about how the the mistake is made on page 1A 
of the newspaper and the retraction is printed on page 6C, you know, down where nobody ever sees it. It's it's not a story and it kind of should be by the way, but it's not a story when in times like this charges are dropped. The story is a wide receiver for the Chiefs got busted for for smashing up his girlfriend's stuff. And then when we find out later on, no, that's not really what happened. We don't pay anywhere near as much attention to it. It's not as splashy a story. It's not as sexy a story. So it just kind of disappears. Well, now we've got a guy, and, and go back to the beginning of this conversation, where we said, okay, it takes a tremendous amount of effort to get into I mean, to get into a Division 1A college and play football takes an unbelievable amount of effort. To go from there, the one in you know 50,000 or whatever it is, that go from there to the NFL at all is incredible. And he did. And right now, that future is very much up in the air. Now, we could deduce... And make a guess that, you know, the NFL is going to see this and say, okay, they're putting him through a diversion program and they drop the charges. So there's really nothing left and they just reinstate him. But things like that tend to hang around for exactly the same reason as we don't pay attention when the charges are dropped. We only pay attention to the original story and go, ooh, a big thing happened with a guy who, you know, everybody knows his name or at least some people do. I guess if you're a real big football fan. And it's, it, I mean, there's an inherent unfairness to it that now that even the police and the authorities have seen fit, you know, the police and the prosecutors and everybody have seen fit to say, meh, wasn't that big a deal. Put him through a diversion program, tell him, you know, tell him, don't do that again, you know, and send him off. That that could very well put his, put the future of his career in jeopardy. Teams do pay attention. I know it seems sometimes like they don't. I lived through the 80s and the 90s. I remember when guys were getting busted for cocaine left and right and be, you know, beating up girlfriends and wives and all of that. And then, you know, later on their team says, well, we, yeah, we told him not to do that again, and he promised he would be good from now on. They've cleaned a lot of that up, but it still tends to stick with you, and teams pay attention to that. Um, when, when, I mean, let's say, just for the sake of argument, that Justin Ross, that his career with the Chiefs is coming to an end. Now, I have no information about that. I mean, this is purely for the sake of argument. But let's say in the front offices uh, for the Chiefs, they're saying, you know what? This guy was a problem once. We don't think he's going to be a problem again, but do we really want to chance it for a guy who's a number six or number five or number six receiver on the depth chart in the best of times, do we really want to chance that? Or do we want to go draft somebody, draft some project, and just, you know, cut him loose? Because that happens a lot. And other teams would look at that and say, well, you know, the Chiefs were worried enough to cut him. So we've got a guy who didn't probably do very much wrong now you could say look okay but he brought it all on himself if he had just kept himself under control and didn't smash up the computer and didn't key the car or whatever else he's accused of none of this would have happened and that's absolutely 100 percent true but when you find out that the initial big splashy story about a felony arrest that turned out not to be of a chief's player isn't exactly true and doesn't even rise to the level that the prosecutors want to have anything to do with this. 
what is what's the the I guess what's gained by potentially seeing one of those one in a million careers come to a very unceremonious end. So I don't know what's going to happen here. I mean, none of us does. For all we know, he's going to be next year's star on the Chiefs. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Guys emerge sometimes. And maybe in the front offices they're going, well, you know what? Uh, Cops didn't think it was a big deal. Prosecutors didn't think it was a big deal. We don't think it's a big deal either. And maybe that will go on. But I just I wanted to get that out and and just point up the fact that sometimes we let the news take us off in a direction where the story really didn't merit it. I mean, they talked at length on Dana and Parks yesterday about the car that that flipped over, uh, you know, going from Canada into Buffalo. And initially, you know, you had a certain news network. <clears throat> That was all over TV going, it's terrorism, it's terror, it's obviously terrorism. I mean, come on, it was a border crossing, it's terrorism. And then several hours later found out, no, it was a car that the accelerator apparently got stuck. Or maybe it was a medical emergency. Those are the kind of the two prevailing theories on it. And it cost two people their lives, but it had nothing to do with terrorism, anything. They were going to a KISS concert. So, you know, at, at, at times like that, where the news does sometimes lead us into that, you know, that, that realm of gossip that I think it should be as big a story. There should be as much ballyhoo around the fact that he's now effectively been cleared as there was around the fact that he was arrested in the first place. There won't be. And I realize I'm, you know, I am spitting in the ocean right now, but it just is something that I would like to see happen. I would like to see those retractions posted up on page 1A, just the same way that the first salacious story was. So for Justin Ross, whatever his future is, whatever his future holds, uh, whether it's football or not, you know, I, I just I feel I can't help but having that nagging feeling that something really unfair has happened again. So we'll take a brief time out on that. We've got a whole bunch more to talk about, but if you want to make a comment, you're more than welcome to. 913-586-7798. John Grayson here with you. Sharing a Tuesday morning on 98.1 KMBZ. As we told you, Coats for Kids is in its final week. Coming up Friday, we'll hear from our friends at Pinnacle Bank. They'll be here in the studio with us, our partners in Coats for Kids for many years running now. But what we really need right now is for you to recognize how cold it is outside now and think ahead to what it's going to be like in January and February when the kids of Kansas City are trying to get to school and back with no heavy winter coat. That's what Coats for Kids is all about, to make sure that doesn't happen. We need your help to do it. Whatever you can donate would be most welcome. We're really in this final push, and it's it's been lagging behind this year, honestly, because the weather has not been helping us out. It's been so warm for so long that, I mean, we know how it goes. It's hard to keep it top of mind. But now that the weather has changed dramatically and we're looking at snow lying on the ground, and you feel what it's like outside, Coats for Kids really needs your help. Text to donate KMBZ Coats to 44321. That's all run together, KMBZ Coats. Or just log on to KMBZ.com. You'll find the donate button at the top of the page. It's easy. It's secure. And, yeah, all you need is to donate whatever you can. Whatever you can manage is more than fine with us. And if you can do more than that $25 mark, then by all means, do that. Uh, if you can't, it, we'll, we'll make sure that it gets put together with other donations to make sure that the kids of Kansas City 
stay warm this winter. Thanks again for your help, and thanks to Pinnacle Bank for being our sponsor. Oh, good times on a Tuesday. John Grayson here with you. And if you want in with us, 913-586-7798. Ran across the story. Well, I... uh, there's a bunch I want to get into. I'm, I'm going to you know, find all kinds of reasons to interrupt myself a zillion times today. Um, but, you know, thanks to all of the, the news agencies in town for covering the fact that as we get closer and closer to some kind of an announcement, or I mean, we can fool ourselves and tell ourselves that we're actually getting closer to an announcement on what the future of the Royal Stadium is going to be. <laughs> oh, if you miss this one. Uh, they made a little mistake, don't you know? Uh, I have to admit, when I first saw the headline on the story, I thought, oh, so it's going to be way more expensive than we thought it was, huh? No, believe it or not, the mistake went in the other direction. It was an error of $1.2 billion that the, in terms of the stadium cost. So uh, instead of somewhere in the neighborhood of $6 billion, it's going to be down in the neighborhood of four point eight, which which is good. I mean, look. Thank God for small favors, right? But still, if I, I am I the only one that is sitting here going, all right, uh, if you jokers can't figure out the formula for how much this thing is going to cost, and you end up making a $1.2 billion error, I mean, come on, a billion here, a billion there, sooner or later we're talking about real money. And they just screwed up. It was, I mean, they they said, well, it was an error in the formula. Well, kind of. I mean, that makes it sound a little more complex. It was actually a simple math error. (laughs) They botched it. Now, look, I know math is hard. You've heard me do it a million times here on the program where I'll, I'll, you know, try to do some kind of complicated math on the air, like on the fly. And I always drop a zero. That's my, my biggest problem is decimal points. I usually get the, the basic math right, but screw up, and, you know, I'm off by an order of magnitude. So I, I get it that math is hard, but when it's your job, when you're the guy that's sitting there going, okay, uh, we have to piece all of this together and figure out what the costs and the, and the, uh, the you know, debits and credits and blah, 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 and all of the highbrow financial stuff is going to be, and that's what you do for a living, I, I would hope you would be better at math than making a $1.2 billion error. I, I mean, how, how did they fire the guy who screwed that up? Because if not, uh, I'm thinking that somebody really ought to. I, I'm, I never wish for somebody to lose a job. I mean, you know, we're all just doing our best to make it by, right? But if, if your job is numbers, and you screw up to the tune of $1.2 billion, I'm thinking you need to find another line of work. You know, something a little less complicated. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm not going to throw any professions under the bus, but maybe the whole financial thing isn't quite for you. So well done, guys. And by the way, I say this fully recognizing that the only thing anybody cares about at this point I mean, we're not thinking about numbers. We're not thinking about bottom line. We're not thinking about how much tax money versus how much. But, you know, all of that we can get to later. We can argue about that at some point. The only thing anybody cares about right now is tell us where the thing's going to be, please. And I mean, it almost I'm not a conspiracy guy. You know that. But it almost sounds like somebody went, hey, 
is there some kind of, you know, just BS story we can float out there so people don't notice that we still haven't told them where the stadium's going to be? You know, something that'll make people feel a little bit better about the whole thing. Let's tell them we overestimated the cost by $1.2 billion and put that out there in the news. It'll keep them all busy for a while. I guess at least for the last four minutes it worked. Brief time out on that. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about Christmas decorations. Have you? And we may have found this year's winner of the Clark Griswold Award when it comes to personal home Christmas decorations. Stick with us. Oh, speaking of Christmas, by the way, later on in the going today, Gary Hoey is going to be with us. Every year, uh, we love to bring in Ho Ho Hoey to do a little Christmas cheer. Uh, one of the world's best guitar players. I mean, just hands down. And has, a, I don't know how many CDs right now, 50? <laughs> Something like that. Full of Christmas music done in a very blues rock guitar driven kind of style. It's great stuff. And if you're looking for a cure for, man, I'm steamroller. Gary Hoey is that cure. <laughs> so uh, we'll bring in Gary. We'll do a little talking with him and find out what's going on with the new Ho Ho Hoey record for this year. That'll happen uh, sometime in the 1 o'clock hour. And in between now and then, it's you and me on the phones. Grab one and get in here. 913-586-7798. John Grayson with you. Traffic and weather coming up on 98.1 KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's one of the only Journey songs I actually like. Really? Yeah. I was never a big fan. I, I, I mean, it's not that I don't hate them. Sure. You know, I don't sit there do you dogging on Journey and, oh, it's terrible. But that song, Lights, is the one that, that, for whatever reason, is the only one that truly connected with me. Well, Even Steve Perry's solo stuff yeah, is like, Yeah, there's mm. not a lot of Christmas light songs. No, that's true. I had to do my best here, and no, I figured was, if no. there's one song to, to play about lights, it's got to be this it one. Was, it was well done. Have you put up any decorations yet, or do you? So... My roommate and I are going to go get a tree this year. Mm -hmm. um, we were supposed to have one last year. It didn't work out. <laughs> How does it not work out other than just going, man, I'm tired. Well, it, was like a, a it was like a family thing, and, oh, and okay. my family had the tree, and then it got thrown away, and oh, well. Gotcha. So, All right. But he's got decorations and whatnot, but he had a lot of Halloween stuff as well. So Yeah. Definitely. Need I had Christmas lights. They all burnt out. <laughs> have to go get more. All the but Christmas the lights don't as need as to burn out. Only right one needs to burn out, and it just takes all the rest of right, them with right, it. Right, so. right, exactly. Uh, yeah, this guy, this is a story out of Pensauken, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, New Jersey, um, where a guy, his, every year he does this, and uh, he's in Camden County, which is where Pensauken is, and they call it the Lights on Bryn Mawr where every year he goes bananas and does the whole Clark Griswold thing where he's just you know putting lights all over everything. 50 
thousand plus Christmas lights on this guy's house. And the display is incredible. I mean, it's not just white lights. It's not even the thing that, like, you, you've seen the ones where the, the lights dance to the music. You know, so you, they, they have like a little low power FM generator. And so you drive down the street and tune, tune to a certain station on FM. And you'll hear the Christmas music that the lights are synced to. It's it's not even that. It's just a straightforward. I mean, he's got candy cane poles going up all of the the eaves, not the eaves, but the like the pillars on the house, the columns. And he's got stuff out in the front yard that's a big giant snowman made out of Christmas lights and a palm tree, which is weird in New Jersey, but whatever, made out of Christmas lights and big snowflakes and everything else. It's amazing. And I, I always think just in the same way that in Christmas Vacation, they they kind of parodied this whole thing. It's just like, all right, that's fine, and it's really pretty, and I love those. I mean, I'm not given to a whole lot of that maudlin, Christmassy kind of, oh, you know, spirit of the season stuff. That's a little, meh, for me. But when it comes to the lights, that I, it gets me every time. Just every single time. And I see a display like this, I... I appreciate the workmanship. I appreciate the dedication and the time that goes into that stuff. I don't do it. <laughs> you know, we, we have a couple of things that we put up, but it's not anywhere near this ornate because, yeah, I'm a busy guy. I, I got other stuff to do, and it's just I, I got other stuff to spend money on, you know? So I, I love it that people do it. And what I wonder is, how into it are you already? Like, the stuff... This is, you know, again, getting back to the, the whole maudlin part of it. The stuff that I have and that I've kind of reaccumulated over time mimics what was in the house when I was a little kid. There were these things, and I, I can never remember what they're called. I think I might have told you about them a few years ago when I bought them. But I found them on Facebook Marketplace. They're these little plastic, oh, there's like five or six different ones. There's a Santa Claus, and there's a, there's a Rudolph. And I don't know, there might be a few more like, a, oh, there's a candy. I know there's a candy cane. I've seen it. I don't have one. But they're made out of these little plastic chips that are, I, I don't know what else to call them, that are kind of melted together. You know what I mean? So if you look at it, it's got holes all in it in between where the little plastic chips go together. There's a name for this. Somebody on the text line will know because I have no idea what it is. And I could explain it to you. But if you don't already have a picture in your head of what I'm talking about, it'll mean nothing to you. So we got those because th those exact ones. We had the Rudolph and the Santa when I was a kid. I can remember them hanging in the front window. So I went out and found them. Facebook Marketplace. Thank you. And, and got new ones. And, you know, it's plastic. It's not like it ever goes away. <laughs> you know, they don't break. So uh, those will go up in the front window at some point. I haven't done it yet. I know Thanksgiving weekends traditionally when you do that stuff, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, probably put up a menorah just to confuse the neighbors. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it at some point. But what I want to hear from you is how into it have you already gotten like, this guy's display is up for the year already. You know, not only is he way into it, he's into it as soon as, like, Thanksgiving's over, boom, up go the lights and everything else. All the display goes on. Um, 
And we're hearing from a couple of you on the text line that are saying you have neighbors who have already done this. Somebody said, my neighbor did a Clark thing on his whole house, and it's crazy. Yeah, uh, and you have to live next to that, you know? I hope you have good blackout shades so that, you know, when you're ready for bed and the display is still going on, that... You know, you're you're able to at least block out some of the light, but um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you've already done it, if you spent the time on Thanksgiving weekend, on the long weekend, putting the display up, or you know, put even just putting the lights on the outside of the house, you know which ones? Oh, I do have two to talk to you about, in particular, the one that I really like, even though it's ridiculous, and one that I'm growing really, really, really weary of. Now, I, I know we've got folks listening who are part of a group here in town. There's a Facebook group dedicated to this. I'm going to have to look it up because we, we talked a little bit about them last year. But they th- that's their deal is they all you know go nuts with uh, the Christmas decorations. Some of them do it for Halloween as well. And, uh, and they start you know posting pictures of, this is what I did this year. The ones that I really like, and it's so ridiculous, the little icicle lights that hang off of the, this is on the eaves of the house, just, you know, um, uh, like hanging on the gutters or whatever, where they're usually blue, and they just hang down in little strips. I love those things. They're like the cheapest nothing Christmas decoration, but I just, I love the look of them. You know what I'm really starting to get weary of, though? And Colin, I'll have to ask your opinion on this as well. Where do we stand on the inflatables? Unlike the giant inflatable Santas and the giant inflatable, you know, snowmen and, and all of that, what, what do we think about those? Depends on how big they are. Okay. Or is this a bigger is better thing? No. No. Okay. I think, so I you, think if it's so big that it's like over it the first story of the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's a bit too much. Okay. I just, I don't know. I mean, when they first started to get popular, uh, what was it, about 20 years ago, probably? And the first ones that I saw actually were Halloween decorations. Our neighbors across the street had uh, a Frankenstein and a vampire that were those big inflatable things. And they were the huge ones. And I thought, wow. Okay, first of all, well done to you uh, for, for recognizing Halloween as the best holiday on the calendar. And second of all, those are giant and massive and impressive. And now... We've got a guy that, that lives down on a corner a little ways away from the house, and he always does a pretty big display, and they're they're a giant part of it. And to me, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just them falling out of fashion in my uh, – yeah, somebody say, yeah, the melted plastic popcorn decoration. That's what it's called, popcorn. Yes, thank you for that. Um, the, the little Rudolph and Santa things, they stand about a foot and a half high. But, yeah, the big giant inflatable things, I mean, to me, they're just starting to become like the plastic baggies. Of, of Christmas decorations. You know, I, I don't want to see that. I would rather have the the little reindeer that are made out of, you know, like the, the aluminum wire. The wire and everything. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've got the lights on them, and, like, the, the one in the lead is always bobbing its head up and down. I would rather have that. So my family used to have those, and then some college kids came so, around <laughs> and put them in. Oh, they didn't see certain them. positions uh-huh. on our front lawn, and then we did not put those out <laughs> after that. My dad did that one time. Not with those. Uh, we, we were out at a restaurant, uh, and it was coming up on Easter. And they had put out these little bunnies that were 
um, you know, some of the little bunnies were like leaning down, like crouched down, like they were eating grass or something. And some of the little bunnies were like up on their haunches, like, huh, huh, what? And so dad was looking at them uh, and they were up on like this little shelf in this restaurant where we were eating, eating lunch. And he noticed and I just saw him reach up and grab one of the ones that was up on its hind legs and moved it over right behind the one that was crouched down. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> First of all, that's perfect. It's almost like they made them to do that. And the funny part of the story is we forgot. I mean, I got a good laugh out of it because I was probably about 13 and that was hilarious. And uh, and then about 20 minutes later, we, we had forgotten about the whole thing. And we're just sitting there finishing our lunch and talking like dad and I used to do. And the woman who owned the restaurant came over and saw it and started yelling at the guys in the kitchen. <laughs> She's like, which one of you guys did this? Come on. This is it's Easter decorations. You can't do that. And Dad and I are just sitting there like, yeah, boy, those guys are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Colin. I appreciate the memory. Uh, let's go to Diane in Leavenworth and see what she's doing. Hey, Diane. Hey, John. I know I texted you, but, you know, I know what you're talking about, about the plastic yeah. uh, ornaments. Yes. Because I still have mine from years ago, and I've got, like, Santa and um, the reindeers and the elves still. Yes. And I've, I've had them forever. But, you know, we always, my dad always had the tree up, like, a couple days before Christmas, and then he decorated, Mom and decorated, while us kids were in bed asleep. So when we get up on Christmas morning, the tree would be decorated and the presents, you know, whatever we had, would be underneath the tree. Yeah. And it was not a big thing. I mean, yeah, he strung lights, but nothing like they do now. I think sometimes it's an overkill. But the plastic blow-up things, I think they're atrocities. Yeah. I, the longer, the more time goes on, the less happy I am about them. And Colin's right. I mean, the bigger they are, the more ridiculous they're starting to look. Oh, my God. And the same thing with the Halloween decorations. I mean, yeah. we used to put up all kinds of different stuff, but those plastic things or the air, air-blown things just aggravate the head out. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. All right, Diane, thank you. Um, I mean, I'm... Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel a little bit weird, you know, kicking anybody's Christmas decorations in the teeth. I, I don't want to come off as like, oh, yeah, that's just, I don't know. It's just a personal taste thing. If you like them, I mean, that's fine. She's right about the elf. I'd forgotten about that. We had, so right now we've got the Santa and, and the Rudolph. But there was, there was an elf. I can see it now. Uh, it had uh, like brown hair and it had the little Santa hat on. And it had its hand up, like it was waving to you, like, hey, Merry Christmas. Um, this was one of my worst voices, I think. But, yeah, uh, I had forgotten that one. So, yeah, now I'm going to have to go back onto eBay or something and see if I can find that guy, too. But, yeah, I, I don't want to, like, dog anybody's decorations and say, oh, your decorations are terrible. But, I mean, put up Christmas decorations and put up what you like. It's just, it's funny to me that it's, it's like my own reaction to them. Because I used to really dig them, and now I'm just looking at them going, eh, no, don't do that. Put up something real, <laughs> you know? I want something that's a little more substantive than just, you know what the worst part of it may be is at night when they shut off the little blower, so it looks like somebody came along and massacred all of their Christmas decorations, and they're just kind of deflated and eh, sitting there on the lawn. 
Maybe that's what it is. We'll take a brief time out. If you want to jump in, do 913-586-7798. Coming up, (laughs) I have this listed on our page as Today in Penis News. So stick around for that. We'll tell you all about it just ahead on 98.1 KMBZ. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Case could be made. John Grayson here with you. Uh, It's a uh, Tuesday morning here on the broadcast. And uh, so today in penis news, um, we have, I I don't know how many stories that crossed the desk this morning that all have a common thread, if you will, starting with a Swedish cross-country skier by the name of Kalle Halferson. I think, or Smith, depending, uh, who experienced, according to CNN, a an unusual but not unheard of consequence of competing in cross country during icy temperatures in Finland over the weekend after taking part in a 20-kilometer World Cup event in Ruka. Halverson said that he had to take shelter in the warmth after sustaining a frozen penis. Um... According to an interview that Halferson himself gave to Swedish outlet Expressen, he said, quote, I have frozen my penis for real. I had to lie there in the athlete's tent for 10 minutes to warm it up. It hurts so much. It's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Now, the kicker to this story is this is the second time he's done this. Uh, I don't know what it's like competing in, uh, you know, in freezing temperatures in Finland, but you know, I always get to looking at those costumes that they wear. They, they, they're like a real thin spandex style stuff going, is that really going to keep anything warm? And I guess now we know the answer is not everything. So he's suffered this twice during world cup events and there are other athletes who have succumbed to a similar fate. He also noted, by the way, that it's a good thing he already has two kids because he said if things continue on like this, he may not be able to do that again. Now, uh, he's expected to make a full recovery, but he said this is nothing you ever want to experience. He said, here's a tip from me. Are we not even doing phrasing anymore? Stay away from it, he says, because it's the worst thing you can experience. You know, I don't doubt it. We go from there to Polk County, Florida, home of our esteemed Sheriff Grady Judd, who told the press a story this week about a young man by the name of, and I swear I'm not making this up, Tyler Mountain. (laughs) This is his name. Age 27 of Lake Wales, Florida, who is a pest control worker who has allegedly exposed himself to a 76-year-old woman in Davenport, Florida. Uh, He was working on the front lawn when he asked if he could use the bathroom, and when he came out, he was fully exposed, saying that his zipper was broken and that he needed her help. During the investigation, a detective learned that Massey Services fired Mountain after getting the woman's complaint. However, the sheriff's office said the company confirmed that it was the second time He was accused of exposing himself to a customer, the previous time being in Haines City. This is according to the good folks at WFLA Television. Uh, Yeah, if you're going to go with the whole zipper broken excuse, I don't think you get to use that one the second time it happens. Uh, Yeah, according to Sheriff Grady, he said the behavior is disgusting and predatory. And you know what? He's not wrong. And finally, in penis news, we have a story that comes to us out of Wyoming where charges have now been dismissed against two Wyoming ranchers 
for bleaching penises onto cows. I had to read that three or four times before I figured out what they meant. Here's what happened. You got these two ranchers who are upset because, allegedly, because one of their neighbors is allowing his cattle to graze in their field. This is apparently a big no-no in the cattle industry. So, according to the authorities, uh, Patrick Sean Carroll and his son Tucker Kai Carroll, ages, uh, oh, what were their ages again? 66 and 34, (laughs) decided to get back at their neighbor, who they said was letting his cows graze on their land, by taking some bleach and effectively drawing penises onto the sides of these cows. Uh, Now, the crazy part about this story is, according to a cattle expert, that could lower the value of each cow by $500 to $700 a piece. They know it's going to grow out, right? (laughs) Just wait a little while. The cows will be fine. More to come after the top of the hour. Stay with us. John Grayson here with you on a Tuesday at 98.1 KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.